0: Bang! Hello pod, I'm Chris Hewitt and welcome to the latest in our series of spoilers special podcasts. This one is dedicated to the 8th film in the Rocky franchise and the 2nd film in the Creed franchise. Yes, it's Creed 2. Over the next 45 minutes or so, I will be discussing the film with my two colleagues who are bringing some punching power to this podcast. We have our editor-in-chief, struggling with her headphones <laughs> at the moment, Terry White. Hi Chris. Massive Rocky fan. Huge. Mm-hmm.
1: Ginormous. <laughs> is ginormous an actual word? Yes. Yes, it is. Okay.
0: Editor of Empire there, everybody. <laughs> and uh, next we're also joined by James Dyer. He's, he's a tall guy. He's got a lot of reach, but not a lot of power behind his punching.
2: He must break you. Is that it? Yeah. Is that it? That's it. Okay, I thought you were going to do a lot more than that. No, all right, no. okay. We'll Welcome begin-
1: to the next hour of this yeah.
2: podcast. <laughs> just <laughs> me just doing. throwing out random, badly enunciated Russian epithets. Thank God Ivan Drago says bugger all in Rocky IV because...
0: <laughs> I'm out of quotes. That's I'm re- done. Yeah, that's it. If he dies, he dies. I'll give you that one for free. You can yeah. have that one then. That's it. I think that's it. That's all the that's dialogue it. he says. Anyway, uh, we are going to talk about Creed 2, and as this is a spoiler special... No prizes for guessing that we're going to be delving into it deeply, third act revelations and all. So if you haven't seen Creed 2, then highly to your nearest multiplex, see the film and then come back. Are they gone? They're gone. Right, the rest of us can carry on. But before you hear us talking about the film, I sat down with the film's director, Stephen Caple Jr. when he came into London last week and asked him all sorts of spoilerific questions. So here you go. please do enjoy roughly 22 minutes of Stephen Caple Jr. Delighted to be joined on this very special Creed Two spoiler podcast by the director of the film, Stephen Capel Jr. How are you, sir?
3: I'm good, man. I'm hanging in yeah? there, man. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> A little underweather, but I'm okay. You must so- be buoyed by the box office response and the, and the general
0: response to this film, right?
3: You know what? I, I am... Uh, but we've been working so hard that I haven't had time to take anything in. So yeah, I heard we broke a few it, records. It did well. It did well. Yeah, I heard yeah. we broke a few records yesterday. <laughs> but during that time, we were out in um, we we're out in Africa, man. We we're helping building a field and stuff like that. Oh for, my god! Yeah, for kids and so like being in that kind of environment while that is going on is great because you're not focused on anything. Yeah. You're just there in a the moment with the kids and it feels like this is important. Um, and no one was there really talking about the movie. We we're talking about school systems and stuff yeah. like that. So. When we looked up, of course, it's like a bonus when you look up and say, hey, uh, while you were doing that, guess what? You know, you broke a few records in the film and. Congrats, and that was crazy. We celebrated last night, actually, here in London, so we were were Uh, last night at a dinner at some restaurant. I can't remember the name of it.
0: Okay, well, yeah, congratulations on on that and on the film itself, and uh, this is a spoiler special, so we can get into it right from the off, and uh, I like to start these things with the big question, the one that is on everyone's lips, and that is, quite simply, did Rocky ever get the council to fix that light?
3: (laughs) So, uh, there is a deleted scene, man. There is a deleted scene. (laughs) No, the light did end up getting fixed. Um, We may save that, right? Rocky may come back in another Rocky. Uh but no, all in all in the film it doesn't, but we we definitely we had a scene where it does get fixed, man. Um, it was right before he go, well, I guess we could spoil it, before he goes off to yeah, the of end. Yeah. Where he goes off yeah. at the end and everything ties together in a beautiful bow. Yeah. Uh, before, while he's leaving the house, the light would come on, and that's what we had. Oh,
0: uh, so man. Maybe even deleted scenes. We'll see.
3: Should just take a leaf
0: out of Marvel's book and do a post-credit sting. And I just, know, you know, just have do. Everyone...
3: But we'll have a lot of post-credit. There's so many post-credit scenes. Um, uh, there's one scene in particular uh, that we took out uh, where Creed... And victor drago in the locker room after the fight really yeah that okay. was a hard decision to make okay a hard decision to make
0: what happened in that scene
3: uh they because they, they, you know they never talked at the end of the fight and so yeah he walks over to him and you know he pretty much sits next to him and says you're more than this one fight victor drago's like down out tears dad is in the back you can't really see him Dolph is drago ivan Mm. and they have this intimate moment where it's just them two finally face-to-face with no one else no cameras no nothing and you know they just have a moment that they share man like look we we're released of our father's past man like it's it's more to this fight you know we're more than this fight um and it's just a moment it's so it's just wow. a moment legit
0: i can see why you cut it at the same time mm-hmm. because it didn't maybe interrupts the momentum of the end that, that because
3: people thought the film ends right at the end of the fight and yeah. the people then would think the film in at that moment and then they would think it's like what is going on it's like is three this endings is what this, this a Lord happening? of the Rings movie what's exactly what's and I didn't want to do that to the fans um, to the people watching the movie you know uh, and then it, it was something cool about sorry to get off topic but it was something no, no, no. cool about them having their stories on their own and yeah. never kind of having that Connection and you kind of want it a bit, so obviously leaves his hand to if there's a Creed three or whatever it may be. But it felt like there's like even in the corner moments, Creed knew what was happening in his corner, but he didn't know what was happening in a Drago's corner. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. while the fight is happening, it just felt nice that we as viewers were experiencing this, and we were moments here we were like, "Don't Creed, stop! Don't even." Go any further with the fight because of what you saw in the other yeah. corner where he didn't, you know. Yeah. So stuff it was, like that.
0: It was interesting because the film effectively begins with with Drago and with, yeah. with with the Dragos and and you know there are scenes where it's just the two of them on their own. We get a, a little glimpse inside mm-hmm. their relationship, and the, the the temptation must have been to go into this to almost have both of them be that sort of unknowable monster in Mm -hmm. a way. Oh, Completely. It's really interesting you humanize them both.
3: Yeah, and then one or two from the jump, you know, I thank the studio, MGM, for allowing me to humanize them. Um, I mean, there was talks of whether or not we should be opening a movie on a Creed film on the Dragos. (laughs) Because uh, I don't think that any of the films have been opened up on the villain or yeah. the opponent in any of the Rocky franchises. Yeah. But that was my point, you know, it's like we have to do something different and I feel like everyone's going to be like, when are we going to see Drago, he's going to come up midway through the movie. I was like, what if we just hit him with it right there at the top of it, like in a very like gritty, we show Ukraine, we show where he's at, boom, there he is. Um, And not play up into some of the hype, you know what I mean? Just show the relationship, okay. day in the life of, you know.
0: I also love the way you introduced uh, Rocky in this film as well. Yeah,
3: which is just... no, I, I, man, I do too. I ain't gonna yeah. lie, that's one of my favorite parts. <laughs> uh, no, it's very ghostly. It's a theme, yeah. you know, I felt like in this version, I was like, what, what in this has to, I had to find ways to separate myself from Creed 1 and the rest of the franchise. And it was moments like that that I felt like, one, if you're a fan, it's going to feel iconic the way he walks through, the, walks in from the back door. But at the same time, just his voices alone, like everyone imitates Sly and Rocky's voice. So I was like, what if we heard it first? But then also had like, you know, it's almost in his ear, which is a line later when he's like, mm. it must be Rocky whispering in your ear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything is kind of ghostly throughout the film, you know, just because of the history and past of Apollo Creed and the Dragos. I wanted to bring back. The past, but in this way that felt like it was lingering in every scene and everyone's mm. voice with like choices and it's you can feel it um, rather mm. than just show it.
0: But it's really interesting choices that you make all the way through the film. And uh, you know, this is very much Donnie's film. Yes. This is yes, very Don much. I yep. mean, Rocky is off screen for a, a, a large part of it, in part yeah. because of the schism that, that the, the two mm. of them have. Uh, their relationship breaks apart briefly. But there are also interesting choices you make. Uh, it's interesting that when Amara is born, mm-hmm. you don't show that happening. Instead, we are with Rocky when mm-hmm. that happens. Yeah. Can you talk
3: about that? Yeah, just the, uh, he goes to the phone and makes his call. Yeah. You know, I felt like that was a moment for us to check in. Uh, actually, crazy enough, it wasn't in a script. Uh-huh. Uh, it was something on the day of. Uh, when we did it I I, one, I didn't want to show a birth scene I was like I don't really want to show a birth scene I don't want to show <laughs> Tesla was like I don't want to do it Mike was like I'm not trying to see that like it was, no one really wanted to do it so I was like what else can we do and um, uh, before we had him calling Robert um uh, at the gym at one point way early in the film and so we shot it And it was there, so we had it, but it didn't feel right. And then, so it wasn't until the day of, we kind of winged it, we found a phone at the hospital and we was like, let's shoot it. And then uh, we shot that first and it just felt like a moment. to Sorry, that to go off, but we, we wanted no, no. to be with Rocky in a moment where he yeah. was having his first kid. He was thinking about his child. Yeah, if that makes sense. Oh, it's absolutely, whole story. Yeah, and then what I needed was a plant. And so there's a scene with him and Rocky where he says, "Why don't you just call him?" That mm. can we shot that later and was like, "Hey, let's just throw that line in there, <laughs> so that way it pays off." Um, even though it's not like the strongest line but it kind of works it just works you know Uh, so those moments just happened on set Um, but yes, just just so that parallel story of here goes birth to a child someone who's about to become a father Mm and someone who showed the mistakes as a father I felt worked really well
0: and that's uh, that's one of the things about this movie that broke me if I'm Mm
3: -hmm. completely honest Uh, Lee and let's jump
0: right to the end because I Mm -hmm. want to talk about the way you juxtapose the three different father son relationships that mm-hmm. are in this film right at the very end that sort of montage you have the really heartbreaking uh, Donny talking to his father's graveside for the first time for the first time which yeah. echoes the Rocky Adrian Rocky, scene completely. from early in the film first
3: time at the grave um, yeah um not to cut you off because no, I'm no, just no, excited please. about it too because we were trying to figure out where to have this convo and uh, and we were like man you know uh, it was Mike's idea actually Mike B's because he was like I don't know where I ever um, spoke to my dad I never saw him you know what I mean mm. so it was like you can go to the graveyard it's like a Rocky-esque thing to do and uh he's like has i have I ever been there before and it's like good question like i feel like that'll draw some emotion because at first we we're like should he just be talking to his daughter you know what i mean but then we we're like you know he never talked to his father before and people are expecting some sort of like apollo like cameo somehow out of this and so that was our like cameo of apollo creed uh <laughs> but at the same time it was like it felt so much emotion even on the day you know what i mean yeah. i was like this is your first time at his graveyard and it, and it felt something and we even had a line there where we took it out though it was like i don't know what to say It's like uh I feel like I feel like kind of rocky in this situation, but we took it out. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Def- I think people caught it. Um, but okay. yeah, sorry, we had rocky situation and we had
0: well, yeah, well, Dragos. You have, yeah, you have Drago situation as well. I mean, we get that brief glimpse of them running together, which, because mm-hmm. I think the relationship between... Uh, did you like that? I did. Okay. Because yeah. I think the relationship between Ivan and Victor in this film is fascinating because mm-hmm. it's semi-abusive from Ivan's point of view towards Victor. And you can see Victor at times, he looks a bit like a frightened rabbit a little bit. You can see how much he resents his dad, but at the same time, he loves him. But you humanize, I think, Ivan so well at the end of the fight. You get this idea that, oh, this is why he's doing it. He's doing it to maybe win back the affections of his ex-wife. He's doing it, obviously, to get back the affections of the Russian government, but also Mm -hmm. he's doing it to feel like a man that he hasn't really felt like for the last 30 years, all of which he's doing through his son. And I think towards the end of the fight, he realizes that he's wrong, Mm -hmm. and he's doing it for all the wrong reasons. Completely, Um, yeah. Which is why I think the decision to have him throw in the towel, the the thing that Rocky should have done for Apollo Apollo. all those years ago, resonates so well. Which is
3: also something that's been said in every movie and never been done. (laughs) If if you're a fan, if you go back and watch every film, every fight is about... Am I going to throw it? Even Creed One, there's a moment I was shut. I'm going to call it. It's like no one ever calls it. Like let's just stop <laughs> saying it. You know what I mean? I was, it was to the point where I was like, we keep saying it in every movie, no one's doing it, and it's like, you know what? I remember when it came to me, I was in a car, with my wife, um, we had just eaten lunch, uh, had just taken a project, and I just hired my writer, and I did not. We this was not in the ending. Slice draft didn't have the throw in the top moment. Okay, and I was like, it doesn't feel right because he knocks him out, and then it, in Slides draft. Okay. and I was yeah. like, it doesn't feel complete. Like. We were trying to build the ark, and I was like, "If he learns that what he's doing to his son is is dangerous, and put him yeah. in a situation, his son would probably die yeah. before throwing in the towel himself before falling again, because uh, that's how he that's how he's built from Ivan Drago. So if you show that he cares, he would throw him, which is the last thing Ivan would ever." do Yeah, of course. You know, sorry, this is a huge spoiler. So it feels so yeah. weird to talk but about people it. People are don't listen to this, they haven't um, seen the film. Trust, me, trust me. <laughs> me. And so, when jumping into it, I remember when I had that like epiphany, I was so excited. I called up the writer, I'm calling up Sly, I'm calling up everybody. I'm like, I'm calling the studio. I'm like, <laughs> he's about to throw in the towel. um and it was just so exciting to play it that way because it said so much. Like what you said, no one's ever done it, and it was the last thing you expect, and he should have did it with, you know, yeah. don't worry about throwing the towel this time, as Creed yeah, says. Yeah, yeah. and says, uh, and then Ivan does it. But um, to your point, he's just a sad and beaten pit bull, man. That's always a look mm-hmm. at uh, Florian, uh, Victor Drago. Yeah. You know, if you watch every scene, he's behind his dad, never in front, always trailing yeah, behind. Yeah. And so it was like on purpose until the mm-hmm. end where they come out in Russia, he's leading the way and this time his dad is behind him mm. you know so I just wanted to play with that um, but you're right you know it's just like you know, pit bulls can't be nice they can't be protective but if mm. you train them to do the wrong thing then they'll definitely yeah. be a fighter
0: yeah I felt really sorry for Victor all the way through the mm-hmm. film to be honest and I also thought it was interesting how much of a dick uh, Drago was through yeah. the film because um, I thought I thought he might have his personality tempered a little bit but yeah. Uh, from the beginning, but yeah. he wasn't. He was very much... He, he's very much the antagonist in this yeah, movie.
3: Yeah, no, completely. And he's seen a little bit of his pain when he sits down with Rocky. Mm. You know what I mean? But it's hard to fully connect with them, though. But you see a little bit of that. You see why. He's been kicked out of his country, lost his wife, et cetera. And then as the story goes along, you see, wow, he's desperate. You know, it's not even a revenge story as much as he's really trying to, like, regain any sort of respect, you know, to mm. his name or, who you know, his son's name at that, too.
0: The scene between Rocky and Drago happens yeah really early in the film mm-hmm. and this, uh, they, obviously they, they get in the ring together towards yeah, yeah. the end but uh, I, there's no major second major scene between the two of them. Was uh-huh. there one at any point that you talk about Yeah, the decision it was, to put it, that early it was in the, the same
3: scene with uh, Creed. Okay. Creed, or the only scene I told you about where Creed and... Uh, Victor. Victor have a yeah. moment in the locker room as we're walking out, Dolphin and Rocky had their other moment. And it was subtle, just head nods and understanding and being like, yeah, you know, you're there for your son now. And then he goes over and he unwraps his son's glove. He cuts it open just like how he, because in the opening we're seeing where you see them, he's wrapping his son's glove up his hands. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so it's like a motif. So the callback later on was yeah. now he's cutting his son's glove, releasing him from the wraps uh-huh. and, Sly walks by, Rocky walks by and notices it and they share a contact and Dolph was like, you know, I hear you, you are sort of right because this was all dangerous. He looks away to his son and Rocky's like, yeah. And then we played the classic Rocky song as he walks away and went to the graveyard. (laughs) But to your point, it felt like after he said, "This is your time, kid," at the yeah. end of the fight, felt like that was, and I had the shot that I had behind him with the oh, silhouette yeah. that the studio loved. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they saw the shot. I was like, "Dude, was like you could end the movie on this shot." And I was like, "Oh sh- definitely can't do the locker room and the graveyard." You know, so we have to have one another. Um, but yeah, that's what had occurred. So there was a moment. Yeah. I I thought that was it. I thought that was the
0: last, That shot was the last time we were going to see Sliced Alone as, as Rocky. Yeah, I'll be yeah, honest. Yeah. If if he had just faded away at that point and become a Jedi ghost, you know, <laughs> that been okay was me,
3: Rocky. He died in 2000s. People were like, "What?" Played like a documentary.
0: <laughs> that shot, that beautiful shot. He just
3: clutches his chest and falls out of frame. I know, and that's that's it. <laughs> <laughs> we had jokes about the ball just kind of rolling into frame. I do, 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 do. We're like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god!
0: But you don't do that, thankfully, which means we, we get to see the reconciliation between uh, Rocky and Robert uh, mm-hmm. at the end, which. Uh, I thought that, that that's that's one of the things that broke me. I thought Sly mm-hmm. in that moment was sensational. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk about about that? You're building towards it throughout the f- the, the film, but I thought maybe you were going down a phone call route. And the fact that mm-hmm. Rocky actually turns up and and does that and feels he has to put these these wrongs to right, I thought yeah, was really yeah, interesting. Yeah.
3: No, it's huge, man. I, I think subconsciously, man, I, I was tapping into my own personal stuff with my father when when writing and putting that scene together because um, it wasn't there in the original draft. Um, you know, it was like, I felt like it was nice for them to have a tie, but at the end of the film, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. like the boat up there. And so uh, when I got to it, it was like this father who just been making mistakes his whole life, you know what I mean? And and and, it's and my dad is the same way. And so um, I watched the film at the premiere in the States for the first time and that's where I got teared up emotionally. I was like, oh snap, I'm getting caught up in a movie because um, I'm watching it with real people. But at the same time, I just realized what I did at that exact moment, you know, where he says, uh, do you want to come in? I'm getting emotional now. i about it because he says, do you want to come in? Mm-hmm. You know, and then Rocky puts his head down. I'm like, oh my God, I just had this conversation with my dad. Like, because oh, really? we spent years apart and then, i i I resented him in our relationship because of that, but now that we're trying to rekindle, I realize he didn't know how to approach me, yeah, he doesn't know how to fix it, you yeah. know what I mean, you're thinking, Dad, it's simple, you just come in my life, and you just be around, but it's hard because you you know you're you've messed up, you know, and so it's like hard to sit in that, you know, and so yeah. Um, was getting Milo back tricky for, for uh he, he was busy um, yeah. but luckily we only needed for one day <laughs> uh, we had him there for one day flew in the night before got on set it was emotional that day though because they they have done This Is Us I think once I think Slide did an appearance on This Is Us mm-hmm. um, or he, I think he may have played his father mm-hmm. um, but beyond that for him to come back and have this whole Balboa thing you just saw them two reconnecting on a different level because they must have went to a, a, a real place when they did um What's the movie? Uh, Babo. Yeah. Rocky Bobo, Bobo. Bobo. Uh Because of everything was Sly and his son. And then, you know, it feels like he he's really took that place yeah. to play that role. And yeah. so you felt it on set. You yeah. Know? Like, wow, well, after 12 years, I guess, from Babo. It came out 2006, I want to say. That's right. Yeah. Um, and then being on set and them shooting it, they, you can tell they both feel like, I can't believe we're doing this again. Sly, yeah. of course, like, this is my, you know, forty plus years I've been doing this, this is oh, my eighth geez. time doing it. But even for him to come back for a sequence I'm about to do this cameo and where I'm at in my career, Milo, to then like he's like he's a he nobody knew him in Balboa yeah. Now it's like this is Milo, this is this yeah. is us guy. You know, so yeah. he has all that love.
0: Uh there's a there's a, a a layer and this is a very delicate subject obviously, but there's a there's a layer of pain, I think uh, when you see Rocky, think about Robert, and it's very hard not to mm-hmm. disassociate Sly from thinking about his own his son. His own son, completely. Because well, obviously mm-hmm. Sage played all the Robin, time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it in Rocky Five, you know that's him in the, in, on the fridge in that in that picture.
3: And that's what happened at the end of the scene where he cries. You know what I'm saying? Like Sly didn't mean to it at all. You know what I mean? It was it just happened. Like, that's why it was one of those takes where it was like, that's all we have is that one take. We have other takes that we shot, but it's one take where you just felt it all the way through and it's, if you watch it again, there's continuity issues and a little jumpy here and there because, uh, it was the golden take. Like he was like, dude. Was, he apologized to me. He's like, I didn't mean to because it wasn't the direction. Mm. You know, I was hoping it would eventually get there. Obviously, as a director, what, what's going to happen? But when he opened the door, you just saw like this boom, boom, and these dudes are like hugging and tearing up. And then Milo got teary eyed, and I was like, oh, this just works. You know, um, because you knew there was a, another thing happening mm. on set between the two that was personal. Yeah.
0: No, it's it's a it's a really sweet moment. And mm-hmm. in fact, you can you just feel that almost you know you can feel the weight of history in almost everything Sly does and mm-hmm. says in this film. Completely. you know, He's mm-hmm. sitting talking to Adrian's graveside the there. Yeah, oh it's about the ghosts. Yeah, it's all God. about the ghosts, man. they on like the shoulder the exactly entire to time. To fill it's, the whole history. I want to talk about Bianca as well, because mm-hmm. I think Tessa's fantastic in this film. And oh, thank you. I mean, it must be so easy to fall into the pitfall uh, of, you know, she's just that person by the ringside. Yeah. yeah. Donny, don't get hit. Donnie, punch it. Did him. it feel that way to you? I, it feels that I've mm-hmm. seen that happen in other movies. Mm-hmm. But it feels to me that you were trying to give her the music career mm-hmm. and, and give her these conflicts you know, but yeah. with her increasing deafness. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that, I guess? With, no, with-
3: completely. We did we did have a little bit more. We had to cut back down because it's an ensemble piece. There's so many characters yeah. in the sequel. and um, But her relationship with uh, Donnie was so important. So she had multiple things going on. It was like she has Donnie's situation. with trying to fight this guy. She is now pregnant. She has a hearing loss. And she had... Her career. Yeah. And so it was like some things had to scale down. And at one point it was a hearing loss and career that we actually tapped in deeper to. There is a Jimmy Kimmel scene that we deleted. Oh, really? Uh, when she performed on Jimmy Kimmel and had a hearing hiccup. Um, okay. Uh, which I think Kimmel brought it up last week when we were there. <laughs> so where's my scene at? <laughs> um, but ultimately it felt like it just wanted to be more about the baby in the scenario to leave doors open uh, for um, – Uh, maybe whatever happens in Creed Uh, (laughs) 3 but we did not want her to fall on the backside we definitely want her to be a woman who was more than just Adrian saying like I'm gonna wipe the sweat off his forehead when he's training and please don't fight she was someone that spoke up Mm -hmm. she was someone that made decisions and follow her own career and she wanted to make a statement which she, I think she did you know which is like I'm not going to be the woman who's just making sandwiches and stuff mm. you know since 2018 women do much more than that you know and so I wanted to make sure that I was alive you know what I mean and it was important for her and obviously it's important for me because I'm like I don't want I don't want to set us back, or where women are, how women are portrayed on, on all this medium. So she had a major input in that, which I'm grateful for. Um, but yeah, and then she ultimately comes out with him in the last bit with the song that I want mm. to feel like a power couple.
0: We've uh, we we've talked about Milo's cameo. Mm. Can we talk about Bridget Nielsen? Because yeah, that let's do it. blew yeah. my mind.
3: Did it good? Well, good, good just good, given good, good. the
0: very public history that she had with Sly. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they were in the in a place where she would turn up in Creed two. Yeah, be no, with you.
3: no. Uh, thank you, thanks for Sly for allowing it to happen. I had to ask him when I came up with the idea. I was like, dude, I think it. I think fans will go crazy. Yeah. She wasn't in the original draft, and I felt like she needed. Uh, we needed a rosebud. We needed something for Drago to be like. This is what changed everything. Yeah, he lost Russia, but more importantly, what was symbolic of Russia, his loved one who ended up staying there. And I was like, if we brought her back, I think it would do something to that whole camp that would add another layer to their story and, and, and affect it in a good way. And I think people go nuts. I was hoping that. And I asked him, I was like, dude, he, I remember the meeting. It was the first day we met Florian. Uh, Florian came by, he auditioned, and then uh, we all were sitting down. I was like, since we were all in Drago world at the moment, I got this idea. And I pitched it to him and he was like, I know fans are gonna like that. He was like, just <laughs> just do it. You should do it. You should do it. And I was like, cool. And I wrote it in there and um and she came by and she gave us our scenes, you know, and it was an emotional place for her because she was my first phone call with her, she was in tears. She was like, Thank you so much. Like I can't believe I'm coming back as his character and what you've done in the script. Um, like I'm, I'm excited to jump into the role and you know, she was honored. And so in and then a day on a set, you know, them coming out together it was yeah. not together, but when we shot the Russia stuff, the fight yeah, scene. Yeah fans went crazy wow they went crazy um, 2,000 people in a room standing up clapping and they see all three of them in a the ring they were just going ballistic that is amazing mm-hmm.
0: uh, I do have to wrap this up so I'm going to ask one okay. last question which is okay. about, about Amara because um, in this movie you do and this is very much in the Rocky tradition you do introduce the next generation you do mm-hmm. uh, ground Donnie in that way also I think it's interesting the way you take Donnie you push him into a very dark place yeah halfway had to the film had to yeah um, and Amara is one of the things that brings him out of that, that mm-hmm. hole um that's interesting and also the fact that she is uh, she has uh, no hearing she's got hearing loss. Yep. Mhm. Yeah.
3: Was- so the dangers of it is you're about to have a baby in a film who has a hearing loss so people are like are you really going to do this you know studio and I'm like I think we need it to be real. I think if it's too cookie cutter and everything's perfect at the end or in the beginning what is he coming out of what is his callback what is li- what is this boxing match supposed to represent in life you know his comeback and it was just that don't feel sorry for yourself. You know what I mean? Like, you lost that match. Supposedly, don't don't go in the slumps about it. And so it was the same thing with the something had to be a representation that in the real world. Mm. And I just didn't want it to be the media and cameras flashing his eyes. Like, nobody cares <laughs> about that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It, it's something about personal, you know? Yeah. And I felt like the baby was the right thing. And um and the baby's not broken. You know what I mean? Like, mm. it depends on how you see it. Yeah, and that was, like, our biggest thing to make sure we were delicate with that. And, and so... No, I'm I'm, I'm I'm glad the studio rocked with me on that one. You know what I mean? Because I, I felt like that was life to me. And at the end of the film, to see the baby with the hearing aids, because they have to wear hearing aids even though they're dead. Like, oh, that was important. Um, and so I'm just I'm grateful for the studio to, to take that risk, you know, because it's a studio film. Everything's supposed to be really happy and jolly at the end. <laughs> and, it, and it still is. People still feel that. But at the same time, they also feel, feel a level of realism, you know, um, which I feel like is sort of my style. It's like what I bring to the table in all my projects. So... I thanked him for that.
0: It's been an absolute pleasure. I could ask you another two dozen questions, but it's been a joy. Stephen Cable Jr. Thanks, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. That was Stephen Cable Jr. And now it is time for us to tackle Creed II. I have to say, this is a movie I absolutely adored. I loved it. It hit me right in the sweet spot. I had...
1: Is that what we're calling it?
0: Yes, that's what we're calling it. I had something in my eye for pretty much the entire movie. Uh, I loved Creed. I'm a big Rocky fan. I don't think I'm as big a Rocky franchise fan as you, Terry White, but we both loved the original Creed. But my understanding is that you're a little bit lukewarm in this movie.
1: I am. I'm gutted, first of all, because um, this is actually one of the films I was most excited about this year. I loved Creed. I loved Creed. And I have very strong feelings about the Rocky franchise and specifically about the ranking order of the quality of each film. And I really loved Creed and I was really excited for Creed 2. You know, you have concerns because Ryan Coogler wasn't coming back because of helming Black Panther 2. Um, but... I really was hoping that the kind of raw energy and new slant that got put on that entire universe in Creed that made it really grounded, made it really relevant, made it feel really modern, um, spoke in a different vernacular, really while still retaining the spirit and flavour of Rocky. I was hoping that that would be there in two, and I just don't feel like it was.
0: Well, I think I think our reaction to Creed was so strong. I I, I loved it. It was probably my either my film of the year or second favourite film of the year it came out so it came out two years ago I absolutely adored it and I think that's one mm. of the reasons why we're doing a spoiler special for Creed 2 because it really meant something to us mm. uh, and it, it made this franchise it made Rocky as a character relevant again and it should have been nominated I think for more Oscars Stallone should have won Best Supporting Actor uh, if in my opinion uh, he was robbed he's amazing we'll get on to Stallone and my intense feelings about this character in a few minutes I can see why you'd be trepidatious about Creed 2 because of Kugler's absence. I'll be honest, I was on set as well. I didn't really get a sense of the film when I was on set. It was a very, very brief set visit. Um but I was slightly worried about that as well, which is why I, I didn't it wasn't on my most anticipated list. Which is why I think it was a pleasant surprise. Perhaps you need to go see it again, Terry White. Maybe you need to, you know, reevaluate your opinions and
1: well. And it is interesting. Right. Well, here's the thing, right? <laughs> is is I am a fan of the original Rocky, Rocky Two, Rocky Three, Rocky Four. We don't talk about Rocky Five. It's not a Rocky film. It's an abomination.
0: It's it's not good, is it? It's the I mean only bad one. I would say.
1: Um, and I was reading Stephen Gapel Junior saying he um, that was the first Rocky film he ever saw, mm-hmm. um, which, With I, Tommy Gunn. which Tommy Gun, which Tommy Gun, and I'm like. And yet, you still wanted to make a Rocky <laughs> film? Maybe he just wanted to make a good one. Um, there are echoes of two, three, um, and four all in this movie. Yeah. I am a massive fan of those classic, cheesy, some may say, Rocky moments. So, and, and I'm kind of working through my own feelings on this because, in many respects, it paid homage and sat very firmly within the Rocky universe for me rather than the Creed. Universe, and actually, for me, the moments of discord are where Creed and Rocky, um, as films, not as characters, but where those films kind of the tension when they bumped into each other was when those universes felt like they were colliding, and I felt you could feel the kind of discord between Stallone and the kind of younger filmmakers, his version of what Rocky is versus their version of what Creed was. That those fault lines that were produced by that, I felt were really evident in the film.
2: James. I enjoyed it for not quite the same reasons that you did, and I didn't dislike it for the reasons that Terry did. I enjoyed it for the same reason that I enjoy the early Rocky films. Like, it felt to me like a slight regression. Like, Creed was the film that Rocky Balboa wasn't. Like, it was nuanced. You you pick your words carefully about Rocky Balboa (laughs) in this podcast, my friend. You should have been nominated for that as well. Fair enough. Wrong, but fair enough. Uh, Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it had... It had sort of it felt very now, it felt irrelevant, it was very nuanced. There was lots of lots of deep characterization in it. Like their motivations were really tangible. It was touching. You know, it kind of reached you on a number of levels beyond the kind of visceral kind of escapist cheesiness which the Rocky films have done uh so well in the kind of like, yeah. you know. Grounded Rocky three, it. Rocky Four kind yeah. of Era. Um, this one felt to me, and I said this in the regular podcast, like it feels less like Creed 2 and more like Rocky 4.5. Like it felt like a continuation of that, like an updating of the Rocky 4 story rather than a continuation of the Creed story, in that it didn't, for me, have a great deal of nuance for it. I felt the characters were. You know, the characters had weight because they carried on from Creed, but if you didn't have Creed, there wasn't a lot of substance to them here. Uh, Tess and Thompson didn't really have an awful lot to do. Salone again, was excellent. And, I, and I, I think Michael B. Jordan's very good as well, but I think neither of them had the material to work with that they did last time around. That said, I, I really, really enjoyed mm. this film. I thought it was great. I had loads of fun with it. I really enjoyed uh, the relationship between Ivan and Victor. I thought that was great. I would have liked to have seen more of that, to be honest. Uh, and having uh, Bridget Nielsen in there was an incredible surprise. I loved that. And that dinner sequence, I thought was fantastic. Although, again, I think the bit where she walks out of the fight at the end was maybe laid on a little thick. But, uh, but yeah, no, I really, I really enjoyed it. I know that you are. I, I will hear no bad things said about this film. But uh, but it's good. He's looking at his watch. Am I monologuing? A little bit. Sorry. A little Sorry. bit. See, I'm, I'm seeing if we can get to the 12th round and I'll win on points. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I, will. I think
0: that's it for our spoiler special. <laughs> I think you've covered all the major points pretty much there. You didn't mention Milo Fentimedia, though, so we should probably mention him. Yeah, he's And now it. we've covered the entire movie. We can leave.
1: <laughs> the end. Good.
0: I'm official. Thanks efficient. for that. Wow, that was interesting. I was trying to get a punch in there, but I just couldn't. He just had his guard up the entire time. Uh, that was fantastic. Uh, you're wrong. About, okay, about good. pretty much everything you said. Uh, but, uh, the referee's I, decision
2: is final. That's a disqualification. <laughs>
0: uh, I feel very. I don't think that Tony lists is a, a Rocky Four sequel at all. I think Tony lists is a Creed sequel. I think visually this is a Creed sequel. I think orally it is a Creed sequel Steady. as well. I'm loving the sound. Yeah, I'm loving the soundtrack. I'm listening to it. I think Ludwig Granson is one of the uh, best young composers Mm. around, his soundtrack for this movie is fantastic because the way he layers in his own fresh themes and his own little fresh take Mm. as well as he has artists like Jacob Banks on the soundtrack as well and ASAP Rocky. I wonder why they they got him on board. Uh, But he also knows when to layer in those Bill Conti themes. It's actually one of the things I didn't get around to asking Stephen Cable Jr. Like, when do you know? When is the time when you deploy going to fly now? You know? What's the maximum moment of punch-the-air triumph? And also, I think it's really interesting thing about how that That cue in the last two films has become a Creed cue as much as it ever ever was a a Rocky cue. If you sat someone down and you showed them Rocky 4, which is a cartoon of a movie, I love it. I love it intensely, but it's a 90 minute montage. It's just, it's nonsense. And then you showed them Creed 2. They wouldn't know that it was from the same franchise, apart from, obviously, the fact that the two of the major characters are the same. <laughs> but they wouldn't know it's the same thing. The, the two movies are completely different in their approach. They're two they're completely different in their tone, and they're completely different in the
2: emotional effect that oh, they're I trying to achieve. everything you just said is wrong uh, <laughs> No, sorry, do you I, want to pitch pitching no, I mean as much as
1: I'm enjoying you two just saying you're wrong at each other carry to, on I'm going to watch
0: well, we, we hear you telling us we're, we're wrong all the time the you know, <laughs> yeah,
1: so. you're just taking your opportunity aren't you look here's the thing is it's the problem is Creed did so much to move it on right so we're talking about the tone of it, the writing, as James said, the characterisation. And actually what Creed 2 does is it moves it back to, more towards Rocky. I don't think it's like Rocky four for a lot the of reasons. The tone reasons. of Rocky
0: or Rocky the character?
1: Both. And I actually think, I think some of the emotion in this is so heavy handed it made me Mm. want to take off my skin and wear it inside (laughs) out. I mean and I think both Michael B. Jordan and Tessa Thompson are, are, as you say James, they are worthy of so much more and I feel like they were given really thin material. The proposal scene made me want to die, (laughs) which isn't just about how cold hearted I am. The the storyline with the child felt to me completely unnecessary. That man does not need any more motivation to kind of rebuild himself, dig out his own insecurities. What I found confusing is that Creed, he unpacked all of that stuff. He moved past the boy looking for his father's love, looking for revenge. And for me, they totally regressed him back to being the boy at the beginning of Creed, not the man he was at the end of Creed. And so for me, the storytelling went backwards. Characterization went backwards. The emotion was so heavy-handed... And so kind of thin, actually, in Pulse. And I was like, how can it be both heavy-handed and thin? This is absurd. So, and that is why I think people feel like it it moves more towards Rocky Four than it does Creed, because Creed did something really exceptional and this film didn't.
0: Yeah, you're wrong. And, <laughs> <laughs> and this is why... <laughs> I don't, I don't agree with that at all about Donnie in this movie. I think, I think he carries this movie. This is his movie, uh, perhaps more than Creed, where you're being introduced to this character, you're getting used to this character, but really you're watching Creed going, when's Rocky in it? When's Rocky in it? When do we get the Rocky? When are the scenes with Rocky? Oh God, Rocky's got cancer. Don't die, Rocky. That's essentially the arc of the first movie it's for true. me. Uh this 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 movie, Rocky's off-screen for a large part of it. And you know, the, the schism that splits him apart. I'm glad it wasn't a horrendous argument. It is a little bit engineered, mm. but I'm I'm glad about that. It may be a little bit manufactured, but it allows Michael B. Jordan, who I think is fantastic in this film, to own this movie. And I think Giving Donnie the beating that he gets from Victor allows this character to explore some dark places. And again, this is something I didn't really get a chance to explore with, with Stephen Cable Jr., but I had, I had lots to talk about with, with him. But the darkness, the dark dark areas that they push Donnie to the point where he shuts down, he shuts Bianca out, he even begins to shut his own daughter out when she's born, even though she needs him. And it isn't until that really touchy moment when he goes to Little Duke's gym. And so I thought it was really When
1: he takes his child to the yeah. gym, because his, his partner goes to the studio for one minute and leaves him with a baby and, and he's doing like, that. Do? What am I doing? It's making a noise. I'm a man. I don't know yeah. how to care for my own offspring. Therefore I need to tell I mean Terry, okay, I- because he
2: got to have feelings.
1: But I actually what frustrates me is Bianca, who I thought was a brilliant character in Creed and really properly was rounded, had texture, was super interesting, had her own kind of agenda, um was made basically she was there to tell his story. She was essentially a bit of an empty vessel who was to allow him to both regress and then grow as a man and come into his own being. The moment when she walked him into the ring singing, (laughs) I found infuriating. She is essentially there as a storytelling prop for him. She has none of her own agency in this film. And I found that incredibly diff- difficult I, and actually I thought it was a disservice to Tessa Thompson and a disservice to the character.
0: But I do get the feeling that with her recording career they were going down a path where they were trying to give her something to do because it's Tessa Thompson and you have to give her something to do. I think again she's very, very uh, solid in the first half of this movie.
1: I do think, I think the balancing between whose story it was I thought was really, I did think was really interesting between is this Rocky's story or is this Donnie's story and I loved, I loved, actually loved the opening scene where um, Tessa Thompson had been in the dressing room with him and, and she leaves and Adonis says, and you hear um, Rocky's voice and he starts talking and he moves into shot and you see him first in the mirror. The camera pans and then it's the two of them jabbing and talking together in this really kind of amazing, compelling rhythm. And I really enjoyed the seesaw between them throughout the film and whose film was this? Is this the end of rocky or is this truly the beginning of adonis Mm -hmm. um which i i love that nuance and i love the way that explored masculinity and what it means to be a man and what it means to be strong and what it means to face rejection and defeat and to find your own path when you're coming in the shadow of either a father or or you're kind of walking away from your son all of that stuff i thought was handled absolutely amazingly
2: Mm
1: -hmm. so you did like something Yeah, I did. I didn't hate this film. Could I just say
2: that scene that you talk about, which is great, when Rocky comes in, confused the shit out of me because I thought it was the cleaner who was in the (laughs) foreground. (laughs) And I was really like, but he doesn't look anything like Stallone. Why is he speaking with his voice? And I was very confused until I saw that. Oh, look, he's just walked into the corner of the shop. You are right. I did also think he was (laughs) the cleaner. It's like this elderly man who's polishing the mirror and then he's talking and he sounds like Stallone.
0: I love that. Someone wrote in, we'll get, we'll get to some uh, listener questions in a second, but someone wrote in saying that they, they didn't even think that Stallone uh, was a ghost in the movie because <laughs> the first time we hear him, we, we hear him but we don't see him and then they thought he was going to fade away at the end of the movie after he goes, you're done no good. And then, you know, he sits down and that's a that perfectly framed shot. <laughs> he just, his clothes just crumble to the floor <laughs> like, like, like a Jedi ghost.
1: I see dead Apollo greets. <laughs>
0: Uh, no one thought that, right? No. one no. thought that Rocky <laughs> was a ghost. Okay. Stallone has said uh, on Instagram that he thinks that, that's it, that he's hanging up the old hat, that that he won't play Rocky again. How do we feel about that? And how do we feel about Rocky the character and, and, and where he goes in this movie?
2: I feel it's a shame, actually. I, I loved his latter-day take on Rocky. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Just the pathos in that character and the weight of history and kind of character and, and just the way he moves, the way he talks. Because it's, it's just... Stallone's whole posture, you know, like it's a million miles away from you know Expendables type Stallone, like there's a vulnerability, like you a meet, sensitivity. Yeah, you meet you yeah. Mean Stallone, he, and he's, he's larger complete. than life. My yeah. God, and he feels it's such a withdrawn, sort of subtle performance. And I really enjoyed like little moments. Like I loved that scene in Adrian's where. Uh, Ivan sitting at the table and kind of Rocky comes in he's really tentative he's clearly a little bit sort of skittish and nervous about it and the fact that he doesn't sit opposite Ivan he sits one table away so there's distance between them the framing of that shot is lovely because mm. you know he's a bit like he, he's naturally wary of him you know he's not like bolshy. it's not like a testosterone thing that he's going to slap himself down in front of him it was, it's very very human and no I think it's great I think it'd be a real shame I mean I'd love to see more Creed movies but I think Creed without Rocky in them would be diminished
1: well, I I actually think the character came full circle. It made me think of Rocky in the original film. And that character, if you remember, was full of pain, full of um, hurt, full of rejection. Mm. All he wanted to be, you know, that famous speech is, is he just wants to be a contender. He just wants to be considered worthy. And the, all those feelings, as, as you say, of pathos, of pain, of of weight, of worrying he's never going to be good enough. And it, and I could really feel that in both his relationship with Adonis but also his son. Um, mm. I loved all of that. All of those echoes back to to really specific moments in the Rocky franchise. Think about the proposal mm-hmm. where she doesn't hear him initially and that, mm. you know, is the proposal in the zoo when... That broke me. And that, that <laughs> moment, that but those me. those yeah. moments which actually showed the tenderness of Rocky originally, the way they were mirrored here to say something about Adonis mm. and, and mm. to and to really do service to the fans, right? Because you mm-hmm. spot those things and you feel warm and you feel like it is part of the it's an interconnected part of the rocky universe but i i loved where he ended up but i i wanted him to die
2: <laughs> wow that was harsh
1: so i really i was i genuinely think it would have been better for him to die no
0: <laughs> i don't know i think it would have taken the weight away from donnie in some way mm. um but yeah, I can see where you were going with that. But also I don't think they could have done that really having gone down that route with, with Creed uh, where I thought they were going to kill him off. I mm. thought he was going to die in Creed. Um, and yeah, I don't think it would have worked in this one. But the, the fact is, if he's saying this is the last time he's playing Rocky, then, if, then there will be a Creed 3 because it's been a huge yep. hit. So there will be a Creed 3. And if Stallone's not around, then either two things are going to happen. One, Rocky's going to die off screen or Donnie's life's now in LA and he's training with Little Duke and Rocky's back in Philadelphia and isn't involved in his life, which wouldn't ring true. No. So I guess they will have to kill him off at some point. But are you really going to kill off this character? I mean, nothing like this has ever been attempted before. I mean, he has played, I mean, you know, Mark Hamill has played Luke Skywalker over 41 years now, but not over eight Mm. films. And the way we've seen this character grow is astonishing to me. And the weight of his history... Not just Rocky's history, but Stallone's history is is evident in almost everything he does or says. And I think that's one of the reasons why I found the thing about his son in this movie so moving, because knowing that Sage Stallone died in real life and and was Robert. You know, he's Robert, that's him on the fridge. That's him. You know, and he was in Rocky V and and knowing that he you know, and knowing that and having talked to Stephen Capel Jr., and knowing that those tears that that came at the end of the movie when when Rocky meets Robert and, and collapses into his son's arms, that's real, and that's him thinking about his real son. That broke me. That absolutely broke me. But there's something about this character. Just everything he does or says at the moment is just guaranteed to get some sort of weird emotional response from me. I've grown up with this guy, mm. and to see uh, if, you know, if he were to die off screen, I don't know, that would, that would feel like a real loss to me.
1: Well, and I because I, Adrian died off screen... Poorly died on screen. screen. I
0: know a lot of people are angry about and
1: that, and i f- I found that really diff- i found that really difficult to reconcile with because I was so invested in Adriana's character. What she gave Rocky the, the openness, the vulnerability, the humanity she gave him. The fact that she made him they spoke the same language. They had a true connection. And when she died off screen, I felt, as a fan, incredibly robbed. And, you know, it doesn't make the scenes when he goes to her grave every day and he reads the paper to her and he talks to her and then he does the same to Paul Lee. It doesn't make those any less resonant or emotional, but it does feel to me like I missed a really significant part of the history of these films because they didn't do it on screen. Mm. Stallone has said before that he wouldn't do any more films and he has... Yeah. Kind of gone back on that. Mm. So I'm hoping it's another one of those. I understand why it feels like the perfect ending where, you know, Donny's taken that his place in the spotlight. And I thought that was really clever, the fact that maybe because he didn't die. It wasn't he didn't get it by default. He got it because he earned it. And it was time for Rocky to step back and say, No, I'm I'm done now. So I understand narratively and emotionally why why it may feel like the end. But to your point, I don't know how they get to a third film without him.
0: Yeah. But also, what part would he play in Donnie's life now? He's dispensed as much advice as he can possibly dispense. So what role would he play? They've had now that thing where they they fall out, so they can't go down that road again. It is fascinating with a a boxing movie. You have very limited options, really, as, as, as a storyteller. You know, your hero wins the fight at the end, or he loses the fight at the end. (laughs) <laughs> That's mm. it, and then you sw- you switch it around. It's it's very, it's fascinating well, with a boxing movie, from, isn't it? Apart
1: from Rocky, because he Rocky. lost, right? But actually, yeah. he won because. As he said, all he wanted to do was to go the distance, and the fact he went the distance meant he was a winner in his eyes and in Adrian's eyes. I mean, Rocky as a whole universe has played brilliantly with with what you're saying, which is Mm. what winning means, what losing means, what that actually signifies to a boxer, and and it isn't always on the points. That was the amazing thing about how he ended Rocky. It was really bold at the time to end it on him losing, but actually you didn't feel like he'd lost. And that amazing opening of Rocky 2 with the ambulances screaming down the street and Apollo Creed's like, there ain't going to be no rematch. And then they, he immediately, obviously, when they're both bandaged like the mummy, they agree they are definitely going to do it again. But what an incredible, <laughs> like, they, the incredible opening. But I think it's done yeah. more than any in terms of really looking at, at what's beneath those sportsmen, what success means and what winning means to them, what failure and what rejection and how it's so much more than just a, a match or a game or a fight or... Anything like that, how it's woven into their masculinity is yeah. kind of remarkable when you look at it as a study of one man's journey through masculinity. Absolutely. It's really compelling.
2: And who among us can say they didn't do that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: But having said, you know, having said what I just said, you've, you're absolutely right. Rocky has, has played this tune. It's got every note you can get out of this tune, can't you? So Rocky mm-hmm. loses the first the first movie. Uh, they both get knocked out in the second yes. movie. You know, there's defeats. <laughs> I mean, and technically a draw. There's defeats and and victories and across Rocky three and four. Apollo dies in four. They have a fight in the street in five. He's really old and six, grudge match part one. <laughs> and then Creed, Donnie loses the yeah. end of Creed. Yeah. And so it's sort of interesting that they start off this movie with him winning this and then he gets his ass handed to him in a way that he hasn't done before. Uh, which leads to the final fight. And this is the final question, I think, before we get on to the listeners' questions. Uh, what do we make of the final fight and and both Dragos in this film? Big Nasty. Big Nasty. Florian He's Big He's
2: a monster, isn't he? He really is. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm guessing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean he's he's the the differential between those two characters. When you see them in the ring together the first time, it's quite extraordinary. Like there's heavyweight and there's whatever the fuck he is. I don't know what that is. Heaviest weight. Yeah, that's that's monstrous. Uh but I suppose and this is in the final fight and this, this I think you cleared up for me. I, not being a boxing fan, was quite confused by the switch of momentum where you went from Victor being basically bulletproof so he doesn't even bruise or notice when he's hit and when he hits things, <laughs> it breaks in half to literally can't do anything and then falls down. You know, And I was like, what just happened? Did someone just put kryptonite into his gloves or something? It felt like this is the part in the movie where they find out the supervillain's special weakness and like, introduce it. But as you pointed out, his weakness is stamina.
0: Yeah, that's it. The big guys. Mostly the big guys. Yeah,
2: because there is a line, isn't there, that he's never yeah. gone past four rounds in he's a never, fight. Yeah, he's never and gone, so as it goes on, he gets fatigued, presumably, yeah. which is what it is. Absolutely. Uh, but I did need that explaining to me.
0: Uh, Donnie in this film, yeah, he... Um, he, he's up against it but he gets his ribs broken again doesn't he in the, big mm. f- in the, mm. in the final fight uh, so yeah uh, Victor should be able to take him out but,
2: but can't, can't and muster the energy Rocky does to say him. to him after the first fight your natural gifts were never going to work against this guy and I was like I would like exp- that explained like, meaning what I don't understand the change in strategy between but, one it, but was,
1: the same happened in Rocky 3. He had to learn how to fight differently because he was up against Clubber Langs, who's a street brawler, and all of the things that he'd relied upon up until that point just aren't enough at certain with certain opponents. But, you know, with Iron Drago in Rocky 4, he's like 84 times the size of him or something <laughs> like roughly. And he, there's an amazing moment where he basically pivots the fight because he jumps up, hits him on the eye and cuts his eye, and it's the moment where he goes, he bleeds, he's just a man. And... I mean, I think he literally had to jump up in the air like Scrappy-Doo. They brought out (laughs) a box
0: for him to stand on. And
1: there were moments in four particularly which really stretched believability in terms of their physical match. But I I loved some of the echoes in in the boxing scene specifically. There was, you know, the break him, I will break you. But then there's an amazing shot which was a replica of a shot in 4 where a bead of sweat drops from Victor's eyebrow and there's the exact same shot in Rocky 4 where it drops off Ivan Drago's eyebrow. Yes. And it was, it was framed exactly the same way and I loved it. That like, <laughs> gave me a massive buzz. I think their relationship was more compelling than I imagined it would yeah. be. And their dynamic and, and kind of that shared shame and resentment um, from being abandoned by Bridget Nesson. I wanted more of that. Yeah, but I do. She was also a little bit, you know. She never really moved past the cold Russian bitch kind of <laughs> no. uh, trope. Is that a trope? Cold Russian bitch. I don't know. It is now. It is now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think their dynamic was interesting as you say you could have had more of it but I think what did he have 11 lines in Rocky Four, so I think this was definitely yeah, a step Definitely up. an
2: upgrade yeah. but I, I found their relationship fascinating because you thought originally it was going to be that very stereotypical like he's like this abusive father just forcing his son to kind of realise the dream he never could but it's like he's clearly emotionally stunted but there's a real affection there for his son and he's clearly deeply wounded not just by his professional failures but by the end of his marriage and the fact that his wife left him you know that he's. Drago comes across in this both Dragos as actually quite human monsters and I really really like that and I wanted a little bit more of that and I loved the bit at the end where mm. you see them I thought, it, I, thought it was, uh, I thought that was a lovely touch In fact
0: uh, the first listener question at Cantona's ghost asks do you think the story could have been totally from the side of the Dragos uh, and would you indeed go to see if they took a break and didn't make Creed 3 right away but made Drago would you uh, no would you be up for that how about Lang
1: Ooh, now we're talking. <laughs> now we're talking.
0: I it, may, it may Gun have is. to have
1: some uh, changes made to it, bearing in mind uh, some of these slightly questionable narrative choices with that film. A uh, few uh, stereotypes that are just. This don't is code for like.
2: Rocky 3 is massively racist. Yes.
1: That's it. I was trying to find a way to say it. That wasn't saying my- Rocky 3 is massively racist, but yes, it is.
0: Luckily, Rocky 4 cleared that right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, They don't believe in uh, cultural stereotypes. No, nope, they certainly do not. Uh, so no, okay, you don't you don't agree with that? Uh, can I just say then the final fight contains my favourite shot in the film, where uh, Donny is on the canvas and he punches himself up, literally punches himself like he starts punching yeah. the canvas yeah. to get himself worked up and physically bound up as well. That's a great shot. Well done, everybody. At Shogun Skilling, would you like to see Rocky and Drago settle settle their differences and share a scene after the second fight? There was a scene after the second fight, but they got a cut. But would you have liked to seen it?
1: No, because I don't think it was about them no. at that point. I think it was about their relationship with their sons the and the men threat. who were exactly. coming up behind them. I think exactly. they'd settled everything they needed to settle. And actually, Drago's resentment wasn't towards Rocky, ultimately. It was towards a country that abandoned him, yeah. a woman who abandoned him, and the rift that caused with his son.
2: And I love the fact that he throws in the towel, that actually his son's welfare means far more to him than any of this shit. And I thought that was a lovely... uh, Well,
1: especially as, but, you know, Rocky didn't throw the towel and just felt like, (laughs) just stab me in the heart, why don't you? So what you're
2: saying is it wasn't a lovely moment, it was just Drago being massively (laughs) passive-aggressive.
1: See what happens when you throw in the towel, Rocky?
0: (laughs) All right. At Kohli Ja asks, why are Russian boxing fans so fickle in both Rocky IV and Creed 2? They change their allegiance completely within 30 minutes. <laughs> because movies. <laughs> because movies, all right. Uh, Mark Fawcett, MJ Fawcett asks, your favorite cameo, Bridget Nielsen or Milo Fentimiglia? I'll be honest. The Bridget Nielsen thing floored me. Yeah, me too. Because, because yeah. of their off-screen, yeah,
1: yeah, no <laughs> scenes, no scenes with Stallone. I spoke no. not surprisingly, but still, I was a uh, keen. I, there was gasps in my screening when I,
0: I said, "What the fuck?" Out loud did, in uh, my
2: screening. Did the Capel guy uh, address this? The Capel guy. <laughs>
0: Hey guy! <laughs> yes, he did. He did. Yeah. Uh, he said that that slide dropped her a line and then there it was. Well, yeah. yeah. So, you know, whether there's been a rapprochement, I do not know. But
1: fine. Is that French for sex?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I believe it is. No, that's a rendezvous. <laughs> At Phil LeBear asks Am I reading way too much in the disqualification scene politically? A black athlete takes a knee and whilst doing so, Russia attacks. A tenuous link to Trump's
2: America. I think maybe you're reading too much into that.
1: I think they downplayed all that stuff. There were so many opportunities when they could have made much more overt statements about uh, um, Russian culture and American culture. And I think they avoided pretty much all of them.
0: No films made in the bubble. Mm. There's a pretty big bubble around this film right (laughs) now. Yeah. Yeah. So to not go there, I've just had a horrible thought. Oh God, Rocky would be a Trump voter, wouldn't he? He would he voted for Trump. Yeah. Oh, yes. no. He's got it written all over him. He can barely work in remote control, for God's sake.
1: He's got no job. He lives in a depressed area. He'd definitely be a Trump supporter.
0: Oh, oh poor rock. At uh, Liam O'B. Liam O'Brien asks, uh, what do you think the third film should focus on? I'd suggest exploring Donnie's relationship with Apollo's other children. It would be good to see more Bianca's family background if only to get more Tessa Thompson in the movie. Or they could just have Clubber Lang's I was, kid kill I was about Rocky.
2: To say, does Clubber Lang have a
0: son? Because that could be the way to go.
2: Shooter Lang,
0: who turns up and just shoots Rocky in the first five minutes of the franchise. Um, what, do we, what do we? What else do we think? Do we think that's a good idea? More? Because yeah, no, Apollo I don't does care. The kids.
1: I don't care. I do I honestly don't care. Here's here's the challenge, right? Is I feel like the as you said, the relationship between Rocky and Adonis. I feel like it's been kind of wrung dry. His issues with his father have been raked over twice in quite kind of intense detail. So I don't know where's left to go because for me there has to be a narrative link back to the Rocky franchise, Creed. There has to be a part, the legacy has to play a part in this.
2: So what you're saying is they're going to fridge Bianca off screen?
1: <laughs> oh my god does that it's mean happen. does fridge mean barrier
2: well kind of it just it just means killing the the female to make the male feel something as I mean a narrative classic, device classic. yes exactly um, that
1: uh so i don't know because i think uh, introducing more characters that i don't really care about at this point uh doesn't excite me i feel like you need that link you need okay you need stallone you need you do. Yeah.
2: you need something is is little
0: duke enough no. I, I love the fact there was more Little Duke in this movie because I don't think people realised in the in the first movie, in, in Creed 1, that uh, Wood Harris was playing Tony... Well, his character's mm. literally called Tony Burton, but it's Tony Little Duke Burton, but I don't think they realised he was Duke's son.
1: No. Nope. Thanks, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, don't really know what you want me to add, but uh, no.
0: no but, uh, you, do you think there should be more Little Duke? I do,
1: basically. but what I'm saying is I don't think he... I don't think those characters alone are enough to hold the movie. Mm. Uh,
2: did we answer the question about the favourite cameo thing? Uh, it was definitely Bridget Nielsen, definitely Bridget Nielsen, <laughs> Nielsen and not Milo Ventimiglia because we all saw that one coming a mile away.
0: I didn't, but I was hoping that it would happen. And I was hoping that it would get Milo and his day off from, from This Is Us. And, mm. huh. uh, and again, this won't shock you, it broke me. <laughs> it absolutely <laughs> broke me. That sort of cross-cutting between the the three Different sons in some way reconciling their their, their problems with their dads. Yeah. So, you know, Donnie talking to his dead dad, Rocky turning up at Robert's house, just unannounced, which is really rude. What if he was well, out?
1: And also, didn't it just strike you a little bit as bollocks? Because <laughs> th- I, he walked in, and bearing in mind, in, in previous films, they've had such a difficult relationship. Like, he's been, Robert's been really cold to him and rejected him mm-hmm. quite a lot, you know, those scenes where he'd. Um, say he was going to turn up to Adrian's for dinner and not come and Rocky would turn up at his place of work and it was like kind of stalking his own son and you felt the cold between them, you felt the freeze and I just never really believed it would have thawed to the extent where after years of of kind of, you know, presumably not being in contact and, you know, not meeting his own grandchild, he turns up on the doorstep and goes, hey, uh, he's never spoken like that. No, but, he really but, hasn't. And, hey. then, and then they embrace and then it's all great. And and I understand it needed to be quite simple and fast at that point because the film was ending. But also I was a little bit... Their relationship was so complex and so complicated that that felt so rushed and um, untrue that it didn't quite connect with me for those reasons. I
2: I
0: think they do need to do a bit of emotional shorthand for that. And obviously what, what comes after the conversation those two guys are going to have is is fascinating. But if we believe what... Rocky Balbo- from Rocky Balboa to this they haven't seen each other for what 10 years mm. so I think if you know if Rocky comes to Robert's doorstep and he looks genuinely conciliatory mood then I think that would have softened Robert But he already but ha- he
1: always had done for years and, Rocky yeah. had, and he'd always been rejected and but I Robert's just think Robert's the one who does the rejection. Ro- yeah, Robert yeah, yeah. He, he always held the power in but that relationship as he got older but he's exactly but wouldn't now. you be livid about that I haven't seen my dad for 10 years he doesn't even bother sending a Christmas card through really his
0: choice and Robert's then- choice not to bring the kid to, to rock it's- but also,
1: I'm presuming Rocky didn't turn up on his doorstep before. like, And and then Pride suddenly he turns thing, up amen. and goes, Aya And then he's just, <laughs> you're meant to believe that all is forgotten. I don't, but I think there would have been, and I understand emotional shorthand. I also understand the film is finishing in four minutes, and we've got a little bit of thematic <laughs> wrapping up on. to do. Come on, guys! But I, I don't know. I'd have, I think, too, um, I understood the point of leaving that just as a kind of isolated thing at the end, but I would have preferred it to begin earlier and there to be a little bit of building to that so then that lands at a better emotional punch it
0: punch. reminded me a bit of Bruce Willis being persuaded to call Bonnie Bedelia all the way through Die Hard with a Vengeance and then finally he does <laughs> no, it no, right no. at the very very end no I I thought it was great I think it, it really summed up Rocky Rocky you know Rocky does have flaws he's not a saint and pride is one of his uh, terrible flaws in a way and this whole movie is about him eventually getting over himself enough to go and and reconcile with his son very, very last question, and it comes from at Tom G. Stew. How does the Desert Training Montage rank in terms of top Rocky montages?
1: So, I was quite disappointed by this. So I thought that the, and I was comparing it specifically to the montage in Creed, which, you know, the quad bikes on the street of Philly, it was really mm-hmm. gritty, reminded me of of the original Rocky mm-hmm. film. Um And for me, it felt like, Modern day America—it really felt really exciting, really relevant. And um, that was one of the things for me that made Creed feel cool. And now
0: it was Philadelphia, but a different Philadelphia from a different fan.
1: Yes, yes. And he, it was authentic because you'd got the same streets, but a very different life. Yeah. And that's because it was from Adonis, not from from Rockies. Now Creed Two—why are they in the desert? <laughs> Number one, <laughs> where's the narrative relevance and it looked pretty look i mean from a cine, from a cinematography perspective, I was like, this is fit, but from a storytelling perspective, and every single rocky montage you mentioned Rocky four, as you rightly said, that is one big montage, and every single montage lacks an um, packs an emotional punch it like floors you even if you've just watched one one point three seconds before it still does that. I didn't feel moved and inspired and like I wanted to run up a hill um, or in, particularly invested in this montage and I didn't understand the point of the desert and so as a storytelling piece, it just didn't work.
0: I think just a visual counterpoint to Russia. I'm guessing that's what they were going for, but...
1: Get the fuck in the snow.
0: <laughs> Get in the snow, Donny. Get Honestly. in the snow. Uh, all right. You're I out think. of your element, Donny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's that from?
0: a Oh, there we go. Shut the fuck up, Donny. <laughs> anyway, 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 on that bombshell. That is it for our Creed two spoiler special. Uh, keep an eye out over the next few weeks for more spoiler specials coming your way, including Aquaman, Bumblebee, Spider Man into the Spider Verse, followed by Collapsing. And the regular podcast is out every Friday, so listen now for that as well. In the meantime, thank you so much for my colleagues, James Dyer. Bye. Bye, bye, James. Bye, bye. And uh, I don't think I persuaded her to like this film, Terry White.
1: I do like this film. I do like this film. I just don't think it reached Funny way of showing my lofty expectations. You need to know your
0: expectations. It is
1: not as good as Creed.
0: I will agree with that, but I still love this film. This film took one look at me and said, I must break you, and it did. It's better than Assassin's Creed. Ah, <laughs> oh, There's no outro you can't jump on, is it? <laughs> <laughs> there really is. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. Bye.